0: And Jennet, whenever he happened to drop into Ardenburg or Yuma or any freighting station, some prospector always tried to buy Jennet. She grew as large as a medium-sized mule, and a three hundred pound pack was no load to discommod her. Tappan, in common with most lonely wanderers of the desert, talked to his burro. As the years passed, this habit grew until Tappan would talk to Jennet just to hear the sound of his voice. Perhaps that was all that kept him human. "'Jennet, you're worthy of a happier life,' Tappan would say as he unpacked her after a long day's march over the barren land. "'You're a ship of the desert. Here we are, with grub and water, a hundred miles from any camp. And what but you could have fetched me here? No horse, no mule, no man. Nothing but a camel. And so I call you ship of the desert. But for you and your kind, Jennet, there'd be no prospectors and a few gold mines.' "'Reckon the desert would still be an unknown waste. "'You're a great beast of burden, Jennet, and there's no one to sing your praise.' And of a golden sunrise, when Jennet was packed and ready to face the cool, sweet fragrance of the desert, Tappan was wont to say, "'Go along with you, Jennet, The morning's fine. "'Look at the mountains yonder calling us. "'It's only a step down there, all purple and violet.' "'It's life for us, my burrow, and Tappins as rich as if all these sands were pearls. "'But sometimes, at sunset, when the way had been long and hot and rough, Tappin would bend his shaggy head over Jennet and talk in a different mood. "'Another day gone, Jennet, another journey ended, "'and Tappin is only older, wearier, sicker. "'There's no reward for your faithfulness. "'I'm only a desert rat living from hole to hole.' No home, no face to see, only the ghost of memories. Some sunset, Janet, we'll reach the end of the trail, and Tappan's bones will bleach in the sands, and no one will know or care. When Janet was ten years old, she would have taken the blue ribbon in competition with all the burrows of the southwest. She was unusually large and strong, perfectly proportioned, sound in every particular, and practically tireless but these were not the only characteristics that made prospectors envious of Tappan. Janet had the common virtues of all good burros, magnified to an unbelievable degree. Moreover, she had sense and instinct that to Tappan bordered on the supernatural. During these years, Tappan's trail crisscrossed the mineral region of the southwest, but as always, the rich strike held aloof. It was like the pot of gold buried at the foot of the rainbow. "'Jennet knew the trails and the waterholes better than Tappan. "'She could follow a trail obliterated by drifting sand "'or cut out by running water. "'She could scent at long distance a new spring on the desert "'or a strange waterhole. "'She never wandered far from camp "'so that Tappan would have to walk far in search of her. "'Wild burrows, the bane of most prospectors, "'held no charm for Jennet, "'and she had never yet shown any especial liking for a tame burrow.' This was the strangest feature of Jennet's complex character. Burrows were noted for their habit of pairing off and forming friendships for one or more comrades. These relationships were permanent, but Jennet still remained fancy-free. Tappan scarcely realized how he relied upon this big, gray, serene beast of burden. Of course, when chance threw him among men of his calling, he would brag about her, but he had never really appreciated Jennet. In this way, Tappan was a brooding, plodding fellow, not conscious of sentiment. When he bragged about Janet, it was her great qualities upon which he dilated. But what he really liked best about her were the little things of every day. During the early years of her training, Janet had been a thief. She would pretend to be asleep for hours just to get a chance to steal something out of camp. Tappan had broken this habit in its incipiency, but he never quite altogether trusted her. Janet was a burrow. Jennet ate anything offered her. She could fare for herself or go without. Whatever Tappan had left from his own meals was certain to be rich dessert for Jennet. Every mealtime she would stand near the campfire, with one great long ear drooping and the other standing erect. Her expression was one of meekness, of unending patience. She would lick a tin can until it shone resplendently. On long, hard, barren trails, Jennet's deportment did not vary from where the water holes and grassy patches were many. She did not need to have grain or grass. Brittle bush and sage were good fare for Jennet. She could eat greasewood, a desert plant that protected itself with-